Say something to Jesus in this hour. Yes, talk to him. Express your love to him. Appreciate him for the great sacrifice that he had to make on our behalf. Now speak to the Holy Spirit, tell him you are ready for a touch this night. You are ready for a touch this night. His name is higher, stronger, glorious. Above all names, and his name is Jesus, the Son of a living God, the one who was and is and is to come. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, and we appreciate you. Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed for us. And we thank you for Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the spirit, the gift that you've given to us. We bless you for your presence here with us tonight. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He sent forth his word. And his word did what? Healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. By a word you have not received cannot be a blessing to you. He sends the word and people receive the word. They've got to let go assumptions and receive the truth. When truth enters, light comes in. When light appears, darkness disappears. It's automatic. There's no contention, no controversy. He sent forth his word. And the word that was sent was received. So it healed them and delivered them. My prayer is that you will receive what is coming your way this night. In the name of Jesus. Thank you very much. Put your hands together for these precious people of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We are told yesterday that, please have your seats that the subject for the evening is um, in him part one I don't know who is going to handle part two so I will just build a foundation for whosoever hallelujah I'm going to build a foundation amen now, it is one subject that I need a lot of restraint and self-control 
when I'm talking about it. Otherwise, we may be here till 12 midnight. That's why I just want to lay foundation. Yes, foundation. And then the part two uh, will be will build upon what is said here this evening. But I'd like you to understand something. This is a subject that you have to understand. And if you are able to catch this subject, you will stop some unnecessary prayers. If not all of them. Amen. Now, when you cry wolf where there was there's not even a sheep. And what, what will people say to you? You, you, you? you see one sheep in the corner, you are crying, they shout, shout, shout. They ask you, say, you say, there's a wolf around. There's no wolf. In fact, not even a goat. Not something resembling it, not a dog. When your light is dim, your speed is hampered. Those of us who drive, when your light is not strong, your movement is also hampered. But when you have daylight or you have well-lit road, you can enjoy your driving the night. We are in the world that is filled with darkness. The more intense your light, the greater speed you gain. I believe that you will gain speed in life. In the name of Jesus Christ. There are things about God that we may not understand till we meet him. Amen. But until we meet him, we will try to look at the ones we have understood. The hidden things of God, they belong to him, but the ones he has revealed, yeah, they are for us and for our children to take um, some good life with. This subject in him, in him, just two words, in him. That is the entirety of the word of God, the entirety of the word of, if you like, is a capsule that contains everything else in the Bible, in him. If a Christian doesn't have understanding of this very statement in him, then he will be one that's overtaken by events of life. He will become a loser every time. I'm taking you to the Old Testament first to show you some wisdom dimensions of God and then bring you to the New Testament. And we may hang up there and wait for whatever. Amen. We serve a God who is full of mysteries. Hallelujah. You know, I said at that time that God does not follow logic. But he is the best planner and the best executor of plans. He conceives issues. And then he brings them out. And when they come out, they are perfect. They are what? Perfect. So if you align yourself with him, you enjoy his planning, you enjoy his execution, and then you enjoy the fruits because he will not be there to eat of it. 
I watched a drama some years ago, and uh, it was something very interesting. They, they made somebody look like God on a seat, and people were coming to appreciate him. Some came with um, pounded yam. Then I was in Nigeria, so some came with pounded yam. Some came with jollof rice. Some came with all manner of things. Some came with whole sums of money like that. And then somebody came with worship. Came, bowed before him, and began to call his names. And the one that was on the throne began to shake, shake, shake. And before we knew he was up dancing, all the money, all the food, everything, nothing moved him, except that somebody came to submit to him and to call him Lord. Call him what? Lord. This simple thing about Lord that we cannot practice is why we are suffering. Jesus, I accept you as my Savior and Lord. And so you go about telling people, you are born again, you are going to heaven. But he is not your Lord. You set him aside and do what you want. It is this element of Lordship. Lord what? Ship. That is what he's looking for. That you acknowledge him as Lord and you submit to him and you see him as the only one that is important in your life other things are not necessary Jesus came up with a point in, in Matthew 6 verse 3 he said seek ye first what? the kingdom of God and what? and whose righteousness? who? who? I want you to tell me whose righteousness. He said, and all these things that men are dying for shall be given to you as bonus. And then we took a vow. It is the things you want to give to us that we will fight for. Let the kingdom take care of itself. It is the concept of the kingdom taking care of itself and we pursuing our will that has brought us to where we are today. That we are not radiating the glory of God. We are not showing the world that he is present with us. We've made them to think that God is very far away. As so when you talk about God, they begin to look into the skies. Okay. Is that not what you do when you want to pray? You lift your eyes there. Father, come down, come down, come down. When he comes down, where will you put him? How will you accommodate him? Sports stadium? One city? One country or one continent? Where are you going to put him? A young man went to write exams. When they put the questions before him, he looked at the question number one, no show, two, no show, three, no show. He couldn't see any that he could answer. He knelt down. He knelt down by the table and lifted his eyes unto heaven and said, Oh Lord, come down thyself and send not your child because this is no child's play. 
the commandments of God are not grievous. It means the ways of God are not hard. He will not burden us. He will not expect from us what we cannot offer. Now, if the walk with him is so sweet and so easy, where is the missing link? What is missing? It is this two-word statement of risk in him. There is a dimension of God's wisdom. I mentioned two dimensions of the wisdom of God that always beat the devil. But if the devil were to be wise, he cannot be wise. If he were to be wise, he will from that should have known how God will pray it, and then it would have been easy for him to battle God. But he cannot be wise. Hello? It is not in the nature of, of the devil to be wise. So don't go and learn wisdom from him. He is only cunning. The same way he cannot tell the truth. Truth is not in him. He cannot speak truth. So when Satan wants to advise you, you should be careful because there is no truth in him. Learn to understand who Satan is. So that you can be at peace. If he came to attack you inside dream, ask him why didn't he come in the daytime? It means he's afraid. He's a thief. He comes when you are sleeping. That man is not somebody you must consider. The person you must consider is you. What is your attitude towards God and the things that he has shown us? One dimension of God's wisdom is that he turns the place of our treasures into our abode. Where he has put our treasures, he makes that place our home. So the Bible says, where a man's treasures are, that is where his heart also will be. But in God's wisdom, where our treasures are, he makes the place our home. In Genesis and chapter 2, when we read from verse 8, I will just read a few of the verses. It's supposed to be up to 17. But there's something to take note of in that place. Is it there on your, on your screen? Can you start reading that for me? The Lord God planted what a garden eastward. In where? He planted a garden at the east eastward of what? Eden. That alone is a subject. Where is the east? And what does the east stand for? He planted a garden there. Yeah, go ahead.
Why didn't God create the plants before making the garden? The trees that were meant to be eaten, he came up with the garden before he got the, he, he spoke for them to spring forth. Every plant that the man would need came into that garden. Go ahead. The river was there to water what? The garden. Not to water the earth, mm. but to water the garden. Because he had a program for that place. Go ahead. Name of the first is Pisa. Yes. Of Havila, where there is gold. What did he put there? Gold. gold. High quality gold. In that particular garden, rivers for freshness, for all year round greenness. In that garden, what is going to happen in this garden? Go ahead. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bethlehem and the oil stone. Go ahead. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hedekel. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Ephrates. All the, these rivers are still in the world, true or false? Yeah. Go ahead. And the Lord God took the man. He created the garden, equipped the garden with whatever the man would ever need and then took the man and put him there in that garden. Yeah. And put him into the garden of Aden to dress it and to keep it. Yeah. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Amen. Amen. Now, the man was the, the apex of God's creation. And he was so important to God because the continuity and relevance of the creation will only be possible because of this creature, the man and the wife. Hallelujah. So God put every treasure the man would need in that place and then took the man and put him there. Now, look at it. That place was be sufficient unto the man. To give him all the comfort, all the peace, and to enable him to pursue his goal in life, to dress the place and to keep it, and to make sure he will not transgress the law of the Lord. God will, did not withhold anything good from that man, and the man did not need to go out for anything. 
Hello? He did not need to go out for anything. In actual fact, outside the garden, there were tongues and testicles. Disappointment and shame, sweat and confusion. God's desire was for the man to live in peace and enjoy the pleasure. So the name of the garden is also called the garden of delight. Of what? Delight. A place of comfort. What we commonly call the garden of Eden. He put a man there and gave him a charge. You know the rest of it. How the man became disobedient to God and took the advice of the enemy. When you are in him, you don't go out of him to look for what you, are, you want because everything you need is in him. And we shall touch that very soon. But you will be hearing voices. And some of the voices are very compelling. The enemy's voice is always loud and compelling. Sometimes it comes in a way that you may not be able to resist. But if you know the voice of your leader, you will not follow any other voice. The accounts have a saying that if, if you don't know the sound of the flute or the trumpet of your king, you will get lost in the deba. Because you have all manner of umbrellas, some like the one your king is using, all manner of people, large, a whole lot of crowd, but every, every throne or every seat has its own sound. If you don't know the sound, you may follow any sound. Our problem is that we don't know the sound because we don't have the word. We are not in any relationship with the word of God to hear the word speak to us. I have said several times that the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Until the word speaks to you, you cannot have faith. But when the word speaks to you, you have faith. You can't doubt it. What you have heard, what you have seen, you cannot doubt. I did a series of teaching when we were in one hotel somewhere, wasn't it? Was it Philadelphia or somewhere? The paradigms of faith. I asked God one question one day. I said, Why is it that this faith is something we cannot compromise, something we cannot do without, but it's so difficult and so abstract? And he said, No, it's not abstract. And it's not. It is man's understanding of faith that has made a thing look abstract. So we, it's like something that's hanging in the air somewhere that you've got to look for. He said, no, it's not like that. It's very simple. Very what? Simple. If you know the voice of your leader, you can never be misled. That is the reason why yesterday's teaching was very deep and very important to you. That you spend time with God in his word. Spend time. Do the mixing. And let the one become red. Mix. 
allow the Holy Ghost to take you on a journey of, of the world. Take you from one scripture to the other. One place to the other. And then it's making meaning. It's making meaning. It's making meaning. You hear his voice. When he speaks, you will know that he is speaking. You want to go somewhere, he says, don't go. And then you come and say, eh, what is BB? What is that thing? So, so now, 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 Jesus has become a thing, or the Holy Ghost is not a thing to you. BB can't say, because you don't know the one who is speaking. And something said, I shouldn't go. I shouldn't go. I, I, I wanted to stop going. Then I moved, and that thing spoke louder. And still I went. It's just the mercy of God that kept me. Why are you causing God to do over time? Every believer must spend time to hear the voice of God. If you have that voice, if you can hear him, if you can, your sweat will come to an end. And God does not speak any language outside his word. Don't speak anything. We're in too much haste. Always on the move. Why? Because something dropped in our hearts and we have planned to do it. We know how we want to do it because we were taught some principles in school and so that's what we are going to be doing and God is shouting, don't go that way, stop, don't move, stop, don't move. He said, no way. No way. I have first class in economics. You are miserable. First class in economics is nothing when you are assessing the economy of God. But your first class in economics plus the voice of God will make you extraordinary. Whatever training you have received, plus the voice of God that is give you direction, will make you outstanding. Otherwise, what's the difference? Some years ago, I gathered some lawyers, Christian lawyers, in our church, then in some other places, and I told them something. I said, "Listen, I want to give you a secret. These your law books. They are in the shops. Anybody can buy them. True of what they say. True. I said, good. So you don't have monopoly over the knowledge. So the knowledge alone, you can't go to court and then you sit down there and then my lord, this one, this one versus this one. That everybody knows that one. What are you talking about? According to the constitution. Article so and so and so, subsection Then the judge will tell you, you left one word out. Because it is also before him. So, what makes the difference between a Christian lawyer and an unbeliever? The Spirit of God. And the hand of God came upon Elijah. And he outran the chariots. The hand of God, when his hand is upon you, you do extremely wonderful things. So I told them, the books are there. 
Everybody has. Your opponents, they have. But the wisdom of God is what they don't have. But you have the wisdom of God that the Holy Ghost breathes into you every time. If you can wait on him, he will show you how to organize yourself. Which one to quote first and which one to quote last. When to speak and when not to speak. The kind of words you must use. The composure. When we did that teaching, we went into a time of prayer for about three hours. And I anointed them and said, go forth and excel. It's very interesting. That was in Lokoja. Very interesting. The kind of testimonies that came. Why? There was the extra that the world does not have. There is this extra the world does not have that will make you distinguished. Or everybody is cooking. But your own cooking is different. When they taste your food, they begin to wonder what you put in there. If they ask you, tell them the Holy Ghost is inside. The voice of the Lord showing you. Say, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. It's, and they say, we will not. In fact, the most rebellious people in life are the Israelites. And when we read, we will laugh at them. But we are doing the same thing. We are doing what? The same thing. Walk in it. No, I won't walk. We will not go anywhere. We will not go. We are in a modern age. What is modern? What is what? Is what? I wrote one small piece some years ago. Maybe one of these days. It may come out. Many years ago. This was in the 80s. And I said you cannot change God. God is the same old colloquial God. You cannot modernize him. Whatever he was, he is the same as shall ever be. It will never come to pass in the life of God that he will now change his mind to love sin. He cannot love it. He can't. So he will not change. He won't change his order. He will not come and announce, okay, now you don't need Jesus again to be saved. All of you, you are saved. Go, everybody, go. Go to heaven. It will never happen. If that is your dream, forget it. I read they said somebody said that he will so commit sin that God will be so angry on the day of judgment. God will be so angry, he will hold him and want to throw him into the deepest part of hell. And then he will pass hell and enter heaven. I say it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you think God you think God is a human being? He is not. God calculates his things. They are done in a sequence that human understanding cannot comprehend it until they are revealed. Check it and see. Chapter 1. He began to call the things to being one after the other in such a sequence that one looks at it and you begin to marvel. Why didn't God create the fish first and now tell fish, wait for me, I'm bringing your, your place. No. He will always make the place and equip the place 
before he created the occupant of that place. And you think that he will not say we should come to his, to his kingdom and then we will come before he, he tells us what the kingdom should be like? No. The second principle that I'd like you to take note of is this. God's principle of multiplication. Of what? Multiplication. Thank you. God had in his mind to fill the earth with people, human beings. He had the power to have commanded let human beings fill the earth. Didn't he have the power? He had the power to do so. But he created first two. One was hidden. So everybody was seeing one. All the animals saw one person. But that one person was carrying another person that was waiting for the time when that one will be brought out. At the appropriate time, he brought the one inside out, and that is Eve. And these two people, inside them, when God was blessing them, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, he was blessing the entire mankind. What we say in theology is that they were in the loins, every human being was in the loin of Adam, in the loins of Adam. So whatever God told Adam was meant for everybody else. That's why when Adam sinned, that sin also became the sin of every person that came out. It is God's principle of, of, of multiplication. He is a God of process. He does his things one after the other. And whatever he speaks, he doesn't go against it. So he created the man. But inside the man, were men and when he brought the woman out he said go forth and the two of you begin to bring the men and women out and they began that business it is from them that all of us are here so sometimes when you walk about and you see somebody looking like you I saw a picture whether it's real or not a picture of somebody two people from different places looking alike you think they are twins identical twins and I told my wife, I said, we are from the same source. We are from where? The same source. Sometimes some of the genes become dormant and then they wake up one day and something different comes out and men will begin to say, the woman went to another man. You don't understand the things of God. The woman went to another man. Why is that the man, when the man goes to another woman, nobody talks about it. The woman went to another man. Now, you see, you, you may give birth to a child and then the, the elderly ones in your home will tell you, this child looks like your great-great-grandfather. Great-great-grandfather. Is he the one that slept with your wife? There is something about God that we take for granted. Two people a pair, a couple, they are responsible for the over seven, eight billion people that are in this on this earth. Two. 
whatever genetic, genetical things they carried have been passed on to people here and there with some changes, some, some alterations that come from environmental process and all things like that. And at that time, you just see people bam. I met a fellow in Bauchi State I had never seen before in my whole life. He's a Ghanaian. And he also is called Fusu. But we've never, we never met until that place. But somehow we look alike. If you, you were you were still very young, but you remember Odro Fosu. He was using one beetle white like that, ODK, that's how we used to call him. Now, now that 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 fellow and myself look so much alike that when the headmistress of their school, University Primary, met me in town, she assumed that it was it was him. I've had that experience twice. One in Accra here, the other one over there. And the woman quickly rushed back to the school. He's been looking for this man to deal with him. When she got to the school, the man was there. And said, see me in my office. How did you get to this place at this speed? He said, which place? And from where? I saw you so and so place, I have not gone out. Ask them. They say he's not gone out. He has been teaching for two. So one day he said, uh, So I went to his school. He deliberately carried me to where the woman was. Greeted and I greeted. The woman looked at my face and looked at him. He said, maybe this is the one I saw. I said, I don't know you. I don't know you. And there is yet a man that my father gave birth to, but because of some reasons, did not accept that, that, that thing. He was afraid they would kill him. That man was undisciplined. When the two of us stand like this, Especially when I was as slim as he was. We were wearing the same dresses. That one was working at Shell office at um, High Street. Down there. And he also had a problem with his boss. So the woman met me somewhere around the Mokola area. And quickly rushed to the office to go and mark this man absent. When she got there, I do was there. He used to call me, let me caution. He said, caution. The woman said, caution. When did you come in here? He said, since morning I've been here. I've gone to so-and-so place. I've been sent here and there, all within the premises. I've never gone out. He said, so who did I see in time? He said, my brother. It's my brother you saw. It's my brother. I had to go and show myself to the woman again. There are many people that look like you. Because in the program of God, he put all of us inside Adam. All of us. How many of us? All. And blessed us with him. And he said, have dominion. So he spoke that to all of us. So we were in him. Where were we? In Adam. When God was speaking, we were in Adam. 
He had known us before the foundation of the world. We were in him. Where he? That was Adam. He is called the first Adam. They only say the first, then the second is all somewhere. Now, after man fell, the entire human race came to a point of separation from God. But anybody that moved towards God. God picked that person and began to show him his ways. And there are people like that that God now put people inside them. One was called Noah. Another man was Abraham. So much so that God put his name in the name of Abraham. And he said, I'm the God of Abraham. And that covenant went on till our time when Jesus came from that line and now permitted us Gentiles to also have access to the Abrahamic blessings. There was another man called David. He wasn't the first king of Israel. He was the second. But in Psalm 89 verse 20, reading down, God said, I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil of I anointed him. God found him. And God made him a special person. And God said, I will my covenant between me and Abraham, I mean David's man, will not be broken. He will keep this throne until the end. And every other king that came in the line of Israel was assessed by the standards of David. And when the man did well, the scripture will say he lived according to the statutes of David. All you know about David, some of you, all you know about David is that he took somebody's wife. That's all you know. He's a very bad man. Took somebody's wife and killed the husband. To cover, to cover his sins. He's a very, very dangerous man. David, that name must not be heard anywhere. So when you hear anybody call David, you get offended. But in the eyes of God, in spite of his weaknesses and his waywardness, he was the epitome of kinship. And this man became king, prophet, and priest. A shadow of the Christ to come. And as many as ruled well were considered to have been in him. They came from him. Everyone that, that decided to follow the ways of God had some treatment. But the order had not been reversed yet. Yesterday when mom was speaking, she said, um, I said the Garden of Eden was hidden in the wisdom of God. 
It's a simple question I ask people, archaeologists and the rest of them to tell me they have not been able to answer me. The day they will answer me, I'll change my mind. I ask you about the rivers, Euphrates, Pishon, the rest of them, you say they are there. What about the garden? Where is it? Prophet, where is the garden? Have you seen where it is? No archaeological search. And there's so much of work going on in the Middle East. The Fertile Crescent. A lot of work has gone on. But they've not been able to come to say that we saw artifacts of the garden. So this is where it is. And I had an inspiration of the Holy Ghost some years ago and I concluded until proved otherwise that God rolled this garden into his wisdom. So anyone that walks with him, he showed the person the kingdom, I mean the, the garden for the person to enjoy it. Until when Christ came. Remember when he chased a man out in chapter 4, I mean chapter 3 of, uh, of Genesis. He placed what? A cherubim? And what? A flaming sword. At the entrance. So the man will not go into the garden to go and eat of the tree of life. So the door to the tree of life was locked. And then in chapter 10 of John's gospel, Jesus appeared and he said, I am the door. I'm what? Where is that one? John 10? That's where my teaching is starting to close. <laughs> Glory to God. We don't have any other way to enjoy this Christian life outside the light of dominion. Which is the word of God. Are you there? So let me read something for you. Verse 7 that will take us into 9 of chapter 10. Pastor David had made allusion to the sheep hearing the voice of the was he the one that said it? Today? You did? Okay. Right. Now I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep or whoever came before me were thieves and robbers. That was some serious accusation. The sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. The King James says I am the door. I am reading NIV. Whoever enters through me will be saved. <laughs> eh? Uh, he will come in and go out and find what? What translation is there? But the King James, the new King James, and the rest talk about door. I am the door. The door to what? I am the door. By me, if anyone enters, so the entrance is by me. You don't enter because you wish. 
you enter that gate through him and he is the gate is he a gate to the street and one the gate to Mokala market he's a gate to a place and he says by me when I permit you you will enter you will go in and go out and find what pasture that whatever you need to make your life comfortable they are inside me by me if you enter if any man goes in by me he is not saying by the gate but by me my permission by my instrumentality if you enter you go in you come out and have pastor every time why because what you need for your comfort your peace your nourishment whatever is inside him there so when you go in there you have access to the things that you need now you see the bible says in first corinthians concerning moses chapter 10 verse 2 he said israel were all baptized into what moses as they went through the Red Sea, they were baptized unto Moses. Is it there? Read it for me. All of them were liberated from Egypt. They were baptized unto who? Moses. Who was Moses? The deliverer. If you like, the Messiah. But Moses was a place different from Egypt. Moses came with a dispensation. He came with a new order. There was something inside Moses that was different from what was obtained in Egypt. So if they followed him, they were going to enjoy the things that God has placed inside him. And he was the one God used to give them all the miracles they wanted. Why? Because he was appointed of God to create a place for them. And while he carried them to that land, he was the place that they could enjoy. When they needed water, it was him that God showed where the water would come from. As long as Moses lived, he was the reason why they were alive. Because he was the delegated person of God. He had the hand of God upon him. He had the mandate of God. He had the word of God. That will keep them alive and victorious until they got to the land of Egypt. Nobody died while they left except those who were rebellious. Who were what? Rebellious. Those who, who disobeyed the voice of God, they died. And among all the adults, only two were left. Joshua and Caleb. The rest died. All the men of all also died. But Moses was their life. So one day Moses went to be with God on the mountain for 40 days. 
they look round, left, right, and center. They had no, no, no strength again. Why is this Moses? Without this man, we don't know where we are going. No direction, no strength, no hope. Why is this Moses? All right, since he has chosen to go somewhere, let's appoint another Moses. We like that one. We don't have patience for God because we don't understand the ways of God. The same thing when Jesus left. He told them, you guys should go and wait for me on that, uh, in that upper room. They sat there, they prayed small, they studied small, and then, and then Peter got up. He got a revelation. One-legged, blind revelation. The scripture says, and his office, let another take. So let somebody take the office of Judas Iscariot. How do we do it? Let's cast lots. Whoever it fails on will not present the person to God. They went to create their own and brought to God, stamp it. Simpa penny. Stamp it. This is what we want. And then they did that one. Did you hear about Matthias again? He went about preaching. So it's allowed. But he wasn't the instrument that God wanted to use. At the appropriate time, he got the 12th man. His name was Paul. We are always in a hurry to organize our lives. So we we'll go outside him and we we'll suffer. And we we'll come to ask him, Lord, why? That when I hear that, that, that question, I want to slap the people who say so. Oh, Radinadeng. What's the meaning of that? Lord, why? What is why? Does God hate you? I think from today you have to repent from insulting God. You've been insulting God for so many times. Almost every day you insult Him. A little challenge. Lord, why? I've been serving you. Look at me now. It is five o'clock and I'm going to church. Five in the morning, I'm going to church. In spite of this, look at what is happening to me. And you are there. And you are not saying anything. Don't add the rest. He will add it for you. And you say you are God. And you say you love me. And see how I'm suffering. And then you start crying. I pay my tithe. I give offering. Lord, see me. Lord, why? The rebellious ones are the ones that suffer. But they that remain in him don't suffer. But whatever they need is inside him. Tell somebody, stop going around. Whatever is not in Jesus, you don't need it. Hello? You don't. Whatever was not in Moses, they didn't need it. They went and made a calf of gold to worship. And they gave one church message. The things to wear and what not to wear. They got a message from there. In him. 
By me, if any man enters in, he will go in and out and find pasture. So the day you got born again, you had his permission to stay in him and enjoy him. All your movements are within him. And you have what to eat, what to wear, where to sleep, what to use to bless others. Whatever you need is inside him and he will not restrain you from taking any. No good thing will the Lord withhold from them that walk uprightly. Those are who remain in him. I will show you something in that chapter 2 of Colossians because I'm about, about ending this one here today. They fear my about. When I was younger, like your pastor in those days, I would say, finally. And then you hear, finally, finally. And then you hear, okay, finally, finally, finally. Brethren, let's rise up. We are going. And then I'll quote one scripture and start talking. And I will say finally. <laughs> Praise God. By any time I read from Isaiah, then they knew that we were ending. It's either Isaiah will come first or it will end. It was not planned. It was something that God was doing. So, just understand me here understand me when Kenneth Hagin was in his 80s into 90s they'll be holding him and he'll be preaching and the old man will go one hour and they'll be watching he will enter into laughter the laughter alone maybe 15 minutes 20 minutes everybody's laughing and he'll start teaching again and he will sit down, drink water, and keep on teaching and teaching and teaching. And then he will call, Hey, Ken, come and carry your microphone. <laughs> Why? Too much of insight. Bubbling on his inside. But I won't treat you like that. I will not. I will not. The maximum I will go will be just five hours. I won't. But not today, not today. Hallelujah. I am the door. Looking for. Read that for me. He shall do what? He shall be saved. One. He will go in and out and find what? Pastor. That is the door. There was one door that was locked. And the door came and announced himself. said, I am the door. Before then he had said, I am the way. I think after this one in chapter 14, he said, I am the way. No one goes to the Father except by me. No one gets to that garden except by me. When you go in there, so where is that garden? 
Where is that garden? Who is the him? The Christ. Who is the Christ? It goes beyond the name Jesus. Our new habitation until the day we march into heaven. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things, everything has become what new. If any man be in Christ. If the person has entered that door by him, by surrendering to him, accepting him as Savior and Lord, he's a new creation. A new creation has a new place to stay. There's a new garden. A restoration of the order that was abused. A new garden. The first Adam had the place to stay with his family. A new garden had come in for the new generation. So we are in this world, but we are not of the world because we belong to a different place. We walk about in Christ. The crisis around us should not have any effect on us because we belong to a different place. If any man be in Christ, a new creation, someone new who had never seen before and must not suffer while the world suffers, a new, new creation who had never existed before, brand new. I've said in this church before, I had a friend here, one brother, Alade. We had laid on together. He's Nigerian by his school there. He stayed in Ghana all his life. He speaks three more than I do. As far as he was concerned, if that guy was God, he would have built a house for me in hell. That guy. As far as Alade was concerned, I was not a candidate for heaven at all. But I shouldn't enjoy God's mercy at all. So when he heard, that I was a pastor. Then he had gone to Nigeria. He said, no. If they said the guy is born again, I may accept. But that ah, is God stupid. You think God will just carry anybody and make that person pastor for what? I will go and check myself. I had just been posted to Bauchi Church. And we were having a miracle service. And my pastor asked me to lead that day. God knew the guy would be coming that day. And the kind of grace and anointing I enjoyed that night I had never seen it before in my life. When I was minister, I saw somebody at the gate. The, the chapel is big. The building or the tourism is quite big. So somebody came and he was at the entrance there. The moment I saw I knew him. I recognized him. But something held him at the because he, he, he was surprised at what he was hearing. And the person was seen and the audacity with which I was speaking. So he stood there. When we finished, he walked towards me and he was trying to clear the eyes to be sure whether I was the one. And I laughed. And I said, the one you are looking for is not here. He's no longer here. He's risen. He said, you said, get away, don't, don't tell me nonsense. Don't tell, I said, you don't know me. 
you don't know me you are meeting me for the first time I looked at somebody that you knew before but I'm not that one <laughs> the guy was confused he said so that's how you are lying as a pastor I said I'm not lying if any man be in Christ he's a new creation all the old things are passed away behold all things are new I said Allah day you have never met him before I said, Alade, don't let us waste our time. You need Christ here, now. Now, here, now, 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 now. You need Christ. I said, what made you to stop there? He said he was amazed. I said, that amazement is the reason you must kneel down here. Now, and accept Christ. That time I was very hot and very rough. I said, kneel down. The man knelt down. I led him to Christ and prayed for him. I hit his hands. And I said, brother, this God can do anything for any fool. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He does not belong to the old order. So he needs his own country. He needs his own habitat. And his habitat, until Jesus comes, is a Christ. That is where he lives. He lives inside Christ. He will not lack any good thing. He lives inside Christ, he will not be sick. He lives inside Christ, he keeps on prospering, going from strength to strength, from glory to glory, enjoying the presence of God. He lives inside Christ, he is in charge, and he speaks with authority. He lives inside Christ, and Satan fears him. Why are you running from the devil when he sees you and he's running away? When he sees you, he starts running. When he turns his eyes, he sees you, so he turns back. And begins to chase you. Tell someone you're a new creation. You belong to a new kingdom. The things that kill them on this earth cannot kill you. So you shall not die before your time. You are not a victim, but a victor. Tell the person you are too defended to be a victim. You belong to a city that is defended and you cannot be attacked. Now, the Bible says something. It said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. He's already saved. He runs into the name and he's saved. And it is not a stationary tower. It moves. All towers are stationary, but that tower moves. You run to that name and you are going to Accra, you are inside a tower. You are going to the US, you are inside a tower. You go to your village, you are inside a tower. When you see a witch, you are inside a tower. When there's accident, you are inside a tower. Nothing, no evil shall befall you because you are inside that tower. Why are you afraid? Why do you think you will fail? Why are you panicking? No. You are within a defense that men cannot break into. If any man be in Christ, if any man be in him, he is an extraordinary person. Never to be understood by men. Operating the realms of possibilities. 
he's not moved by anything. Apostle Paul says, and none of these things move me. Finally, Colossians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Amen. You are a new creation. And you live in Christ. I say you live in Christ. <laughs> it sounds strange to you, eh? Okay. In the part two, we shall touch that one. I want us to be drunk with that knowledge and truth and go forth with boldness and manifest. Glory to God. I'm told it shall be on Friday morning. The part two will be on Friday morning. From glory to glory, he's changing us. I'm a new creation. I'm a different species. I live in Christ. Even though I'm in the world, I'm not of the world. I don't suffer what they suffer. I cannot see shame. I cannot see reproach. In the name of Jesus, I have victory over sin, victory over death, victory over frustration. My business will never fail because I'm in Christ. Glory to God. Now lift up your hands and begin to make declaration unto yourself, unto Jesus. You are in Christ, you are in Christ, you are in Christ, you are in Christ, you are in Christ. Begin to speak into your darkness. Speak the word of God on your path. And the light of God go before you. And the light of God surround you. Let the devil know that you are not his victim. He cannot keep you down. You are a new creation. Bless her be the name of the Lord. Listen. Moses and Israel went through the Red Sea. Pharaoh and Egypt decided to go through because they had different parentage. Not the same as Israel. They were swallowed by the angry water. But you, when men come against you one way, they will flee in seven ways. Wherever they have gang up, confusion hits them now. Whoever says you not go forward shall not see forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is your turn to shine. So go and shine. It is your turn to go forward. You cannot be beneath. In the name of Jesus. Tell someone this is my time. This is my season. This is my moment of glory. Because I'm in Christ. Because I'm in Christ. Because I'm in Christ. It is my time to go forward. And I'm going forward. 
in the name of Jesus.